who was dance to the jailhouse rock. Everybody in Oh, well, Elvis I am not. However, I am the golden Greek Alex Arion. And as always, I am joined by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, Monique. And you're listening to the Home Wrecker Podcast. Monique, how are you this week? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing pretty darn fantastic that as awesome. always. awesome. Yes. Yeah. So I got to say, yes. we have Elvis giving our intro this yes. week. And as the song's playing, I start thinking about Elvis. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> my random mind, I'm like, he's saying a lot of songs. And when yep. you're... A, a musician and you have a very large catalog of music like how do you remember all the lyrics to all your songs like I used to sing in bands and I'd have like you know 20 songs and I at times forget some of the lyrics so I was like hmm wonder if there are any like tips or tricks to well remember. you're listening to a recording I mean I'm sure the guy had but he the lyrics lives. in front of him he what he, he plays live yeah. So you I'm have sure, to. I'm sure that he doesn't always get the words or didn't always get the words 100%. We're talking like he's still around yeah. and performing. I wish we could ask him. Well, I, he might still be around. I don't know. I think if the whole Elvis was alive thing was a thing, if it was real, that's another story. But if it was real, he'd probably be gone by now, right? Uh, or he'd be he like in his late still, 80s, early old, 90s. But he didn't exactly lead the most healthiest of lifestyles towards the end there. But yeah, he, he might not be swinging his hips like he used to. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I, I almost got up and started swiveling the hips. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so I'm excited because this week we're talking about Alcatraz. Yes, this is your topic. Yeah, I love this. I, I, I've always been fascinated by Alcatraz and everything, but before we get into it, how are you doing this week? I'm good. We we had an experience I can share with the listeners. What kind of experience? We always have experiences. I know. Uh, well, we went to go look at a car. Oh, we're going to talk about this? Well, yeah, because right. I, I want to get something out. And, and okay. I, you know, the listeners can get back to us and tell us what they think. But it's the contrasting experiences with different people at a dealership. We went to a dealership and the gentleman helping us the salesperson was fabulous. He was awesome. Felt very comfortable. He had a good personality. But then, because he's newer, they have the other person come over. And this guy was so pushy that I just felt like, you know what? Now you lost the sale. Because I said, I need to think about it. And he, he, he was coming off very desperate. Yeah, that's like sales 101. You don't want to ever be seem desperate. And you don't want to be pushy. And he's telling me that statistically, multiple times, statistically, 90% of people who leave car dealerships don't come back. So I had to tell him that <laughs> the way he keeps coming at me to try to get me to buy this car is making me feel uncomfortable. And I'm definitely not going to come back if he doesn't stop. Yeah, it was pretty... <laughs> It's pretty fascinating. I was uncharacteristically quiet for a lot of this because I was just so fascinated by what was going on and unfolding before me. I'm like, I, I got to just keep my mouth shut and just see where this goes. I'm, I'm only going to speak up if I absolutely have to. It was really, really like, interesting. I'm, I'm telling the guy that I just, I for what I felt for the car that I drove, it, it was a 
decent car and it had like heated leather seats and stuff. But there were some blind spots that made me feel uncomfortable. And I, I just, I wasn't sold on the car. And I was trying to explain to him that. And he's saying, but for the price, like, look at the package you're getting in that car. It's such a, like, that's worth so much money, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, but it's how I feel. And he's like, well, I don't understand that. I said, well, I'm an empath. So I guess you're not. It was really interesting watching the self-destruction of the sale if you will meanwhile the, the, the death other of guy the sale. is just sitting back like go, like watching yeah the original the, the original salesperson so cool. who was who was awesome that was helping us originally uh was was kind of standing by and just watching everything and yeah it was it was pretty funny just kind of like i said it was, i was uncharacteristically quiet yeah. because i was just amazed at what was happening before me and this i guess this guy that came out i i presume he was like a higher up. Yeah, like a manager. Like a manager or, or something. So to yeah. see that coming from a manager was kind of like, whoa. I don't know. If you're that desperate to sell All the right. car, just give it to me for the price I want. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, again, a business is a business. Oh, it has to make money and whatever. Don't, and I don't, don't know. I don't know what their bottom yeah, line is and all that it's stuff. It's like, don't. But, yeah, keep me was, from leaving and keep was, me against my will. Yeah, it was, it was pretty we're funny. We're in front of our car. Like, we're already <laughs> outside. <laughs> yeah. And he comes out. So yeah, it was. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, it was funny. It was. It was definitely an experience. Yes, but the original salesperson, he was awesome. And so, if he's listening, shout out to you. You did great. Yeah, absolutely. A, a very nice young man. Yes. Very nice. So that was. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was an experience for sure. Yeah. I. I didn't. Wasn't really ready to talk about it, but yeah. I, I, like I said, I was very. Typically in these kind of situations, obviously we're husband and wife, so we're going to speak pretty much equally, you know, when we're making, if we're going to make a big transaction like this, I just, I was, I, this today I felt just kind of off. Just, I started my day kind of late. Like I typically wake up. I got up first. Yeah. That never happened. Yeah. I woke up at, at, I I typically wake up between four and four 30 every morning, just out of habit. And just, I just like being up before everybody and kind of. I have my little routine I do in the morning where I read and, and whatever. And yeah, for whatever reason, just last night I woke up at like one o'clock in the morning and it was just wide awake and I couldn't fall back asleep. I'm laying in bed and typically, you know, I'll wake up a couple times in the middle of the night, whatever, and I, I'm able to fall back asleep, but I could not fall back asleep tonight for whatever reason. And I didn't get back to sleep till almost four o'clock when I'm usually getting up, but I was trying to get myself to sleep this whole time and I just could not yeah. fall asleep. So, yeah, I woke up at like 5.30, so it just kind of threw me all off today. I was up at 4.30. I got out of bed at 5. And for anyone who doesn't have kids, especially like, just so you understand, our kids are on the same floor as us. Well, two of them are. And you have, like, one of them's a super light sleeper like me. You have to be so ridiculously quiet. So I'm trying to get up and slowly, like, get my workout clothes on and and try to be so quiet not to wake anyone up. And I came downstairs and I'm just like, I'm going for my walk. I'm the first one up. This is amazing. It was kind of exciting for me. Tremendous. Yeah. So, yeah. It's the little things that excite me. Yeah. (laughs) But... But yeah, that's why that, that was another reason why I was just kind of not not as as uh, talkative during our transaction with the uh, the gentleman at the car dealership. But I was proud of myself, though. I think I used no, to do that pretty well. No, that's why I'm saying, like when you were when you were, t- I was just like, I'm not going to say anything. She's got this under control. There's I'm, no reason for me to speak up. I'm She's very, totally handling this. Thank so thank you. 
Yeah, yeah I'm, so I'm a I very nice go. person. I'm very understanding. Yeah. I don't ever want to hurt people's feelings or make them feel bad unless they really deserve it. But when it comes to going to car dealerships, that's kind of my... I'm not going to allow myself to take advantage. I was armed with my crystals. I brought them with me and, you know, have a little extra protection. And yeah, I just. Armed with your crystals. Yes, I brought crystals. Uh, okay. Brought some black tourmaline. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you had your crystals. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So anyway, that was that was the, uh, the car dealership experience. And uh, hopefully now. Starting to feel a little bit more like, oh, oh I don't know how to explain it. I just like I said. If Back it's been, on your game? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And I, I think part of it is because as we got closer to recording time and just this topic, I've been excited to talk about You've it for a while. so excited. So I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping to bring my A game for this, uh, this episode. But um, yeah, was there, is there anything else you want to talk about? Do you have a positive thought for this week? I do. And great. it's it stemmed please? from today's experience. Oh, great. Yeah, share it, please. Don't be afraid to talk to strangers or don't be afraid to meet new people because you'll never know the kind of person that they could be. You could meet somebody and they could end up really fascinating or you could have a lot of things in common. There's so much positive out there that could be. I feel like we're now in a world where everyone just kind of shuts themselves. They go on their social media. They talk to each other through their phones and computers. Nobody really gets out and talks face-to-face in person. They limit that. They build these walls up around them. Let the walls down. Don't be afraid to meet new people and talk to people. You can meet some really great, fascinating people that way. I 100% agree. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's a, that's definitely a good positive thought. Thank you. Now we're going to get into the fun stuff. Well, okay. for me, it's fun stuff anyway. Alcatraz. Yes. Alcatraz is a, well, it's not anymore, but it used to be a prison located in San Francisco Bay in California. Mm-hmm. It was previously a U.S. military fort. And then from 1910 to 1912, it was a military prison. Yes. Then it became another prison, but in August of 1934, the Federal Bureau of Prisons, they modernized it and they increased the security, and that's when it officially became Alcatraz Prison. In society, if you break the rules, you go to jail. And in jail, if you break the rules, you go to Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Yes. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of where everybody was sent when they couldn't function mm-hmm. in a regular prison, if they were trying to make escape attempts or they just were not conforming naughty, naughty. to rules, they yeah, sent them to Alcatraz. Nobody did something to just go straight to Alcatraz in terms of it's not like they committed a crime and they said, okay, you're going to Alcatraz. Right. It's You went to a different prison, but some people went to multiple prisons until they got to Alcatraz. Correct. But some were at certain ones and then they got the boot. To Alcatraz. Yeah, yeah. And again, it was because the way Alcatraz was set up, it was very regimented. They had a routine for everybody, and you had to follow the rules. And there's a great, great website that I'm actually going to be referencing a lot today. It's called AlcatrazHistory.com, and they have all kinds of awesome information on Alcatraz. Uh, The history of it, some of the famous inmates that were there, Mm -hmm. some of the famous escape attempts that we're going to talk about as well. Well, one thing I think is really 
weird but fascinating is the fact that the staff of Alcatraz lived on the island with yes. their families. Yeah, there was there was quarters for the guards and for their families. Yeah. And uh, so if you had small children, they would take the ferry to school in the morning, which is kind of kind of neat. You know, you live on a you live on an island full of prison prisoners, prisoners yeah. and in these famous inmates of, of prisons. But you you're going to school in the morning. You know, it's kind of it's kind of neat in a we, in a way, but in another way, it's kind of scary too. Like, especially with all the different people that were there. What if somebody got out and maybe not escaped from the island per se, but got out of the actual yeah. facility? Yeah, that that could be a concern. You would think, and and especially where not the, that they would ever admit that that was anything. But. Yeah, but but especially where. Most of the inmates that were there, or 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 a good fair amount of them that were there, were were there because they had already attempted escaping the prisons they were in previously, mm-hmm. and obviously failed. Obviously, yeah. So it's kind of like you, you've got these people that are that are pretty much the worst of the worst, I guess, because you know, again, if you and they don't want to be there, yeah, they don't obviously don't want to be there, and in the psychological setup of the prison too, if you think about it. You're in a cell, and you're out. You're if if you were on a certain cell block. What are the cells like? Five feet by nine feet. Five feet by nine feet. Yeah. If you were looking out through your bars, and you were in a certain section of the of the prison, you could see out across San Francisco Bay and see the city out there. So it's like, what a what a mind. I don't want to use the, the try, yeah. I don't want to. I'm trying to watch our language, but just just think of that. Like it's just got to be just psychological torture, and then. When they would get their time out in the prison yard, the prison yard overlooks San Francisco Bay. So you're outside, you're getting the the fresh air, you know, whatever it was, a half hour, an hour a day, whatever the routine was. At least you have a nice view. And you have this view, and it's a mile and a half of of San Francisco Bay to the ocean, you know, to the to the shoreline, to freedom. Yeah. And and a big wall that you'd have to climb. You know, it's just it, just the way it was set up. It was just so on so many levels. It was. What a great way to punish somebody that's the worst of the worst. Or maybe motivate them. Like that could be your freedom if you behave. Well, and not be crazy or typically, bad anymore. Typically typically from from what I read, typically most of the inmates that were housed at Alcatraz because they were sent there from other prisons, they would be sent to Alcatraz and basically would be forced to conform to the rules if they wanted to earn any kind of privileges whether it be and privileges there were working getting to the prison library being allowed to play musical instruments getting rec time outside in the yard that kind of thing those were privileges they would be there typically their average stay would be about five years and then they would be not discharged from Alcatraz they wouldn't most of them wouldn't serve out the rest of their sentence there they would just be sent there so they could learn to conform to the rules and then after average five years, they'd be sent out back to their original institution. So say they came from an Atlanta prison, for yeah. example, they'd be sent back to Atlanta. Hopefully this time they would be more apt to conform to the rules and not be, you know, w- whatever it was that got them kicked out. Not, not such a menace in, in, in that particular prison. That was kind of the purpose of Alcatraz. Like I said, very regimented and you had four rights being an inmate at Alcatraz. Food, shelter, clothing, and medical attention if you needed it. Everything else was considered a privilege and had to be earned, and you earned it with good behavior, by falling in line with the rules. So that's 
pretty much how it was there. I would totally be such a little goody two-shoes at Alcatraz. I'd be like on my best behavior. Of course, given that I, that's probably why I never would land in Alcatraz or any other <laughs> person. Yeah. <laughs> Tremendous. So the, uh, the rock, as it was called, mm-hmm. had some pretty famous inmates too. Al Capone was there. Yes. Probably the most famous gangster. Mm-hmm. Ever. George Machine Gun Kelly. Not to be confused with the Machine Gun Kelly musician guy. The guy that looks like he could use a couple of sandwiches. Yeah. And a Big Mac or a Whopper. But yes, he's Robert he's a skinny Stroud, white boy. the Birdman of Alcatraz. Who, I want to add, had no birds at Alcatraz, ironically. It was at his former prison. But yes. at when he was an inmate of Alcatraz, he had no birds. Correct. And also, somebody who was in the news pretty recently, James Whitey Bulger. Whitey. Was also an inmate at Alcatraz. Yeah. Yeah. I worked at um, a vet hospital that had the same name, Bulger. And, of course, my mind is like, I wonder if there's any connection to a Whitey Bulger. Because I'm just a random dork. There wasn't. But All right. It's I was just gonna say, the is this, first thing my mind is went going to is somewhere? like, Whitey Bulger. Does, is there something I didn't know about that I'm going to no. find out right now? No, no, it's just, of course, my mind, the first thing I think of is, oh, a criminal. <laughs> you share a name with a criminal. Yeah. With a notorious gangster. Tremendous. Yeah. Now, one of the things I think that first drew me to Alcatraz and the whole the mystique about the prison, the whole story of the prison, for me, was... Mm-hmm was seeing the the Clint Eastwood movie Escape from Alcatraz. That for me that's when that's when I was like Alcatraz. I don't know, just something about Alcatraz. And I saw that movie when I was a kid and just seeing how and it's kind of weird when you think about it but seeing how this true event was dramatized and basically glorified and put on 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 the big screen or the TV screen whatever but made into a film. You have a guy like Clint Eastwood who was like a Movie star, very charismatic oh, yeah. individual, you know, world famous, and he's portraying the main character. They're showing this a dramatic escape that took place. It just captivated me from a young age, and it's kind of messed up, like I said, because here, here, here I am as a kid, and I'm thinking, wow, that's the coolest thing ever. And you look back, and it's like, dude, these were violent criminals who were. In prison, they're obviously there for a reason, and you're cheering them on, and and they're they're heroes to you <laughs> because they escaped this now place. Now you know what my world is like. I'm always like it's it's just messed up. If you think about villains, it, yeah. but yeah, it's this this story has always fascinated me. And and many years ago, uh, my brother used to live in California, and he took me, he took my father and Let's I. Let's talk about how you got to your brother in California. Okay, go ahead. Talk talk about it. I'm just gonna put myself over for yeah a go ahead to your own horn yeah. for a bit yeah no. it's okay it's deserved i i surprised him i don't we don't have secrets from each other we don't no. lie to each other we don't have secrets but i surprised him with tickets to go to california for him and his dad to go to california to visit his brother for his birthday and it was so hard because i don't want to keep anything from him and i kind of lied to him about stuff to throw him off the trail, but he he didn't seem to mind. No, that was <laughs> the one was, time I could get away with lying to you. It was you. a really good surprise, yeah. and that's yeah, that's the only time I would not really be upset about being lied to. Because you know me, I I, don't, I like to be honest about everything. 
no matter how it makes me look, I still want to be honest regardless of anything because I just feel like that's just the best way to be no matter what. It's the best to just be honest. Yeah. But yeah. It's, you, it's how we are. And yeah, yeah I, I did not want to lie to him or withhold information. And I was so excited too. But yeah, it was a good surprise. So it was okay. Yeah, it was a, it was a fantastic birthday present. I, I Like I told you at the time, I'm not going to be able to top this. So don't expect and anything. Did. And I didn't. I, <laughs> I, and I told you, like, I'm not going to be able to top this. I don't know how I can do something for you that you did for me back then, you know. But Should anyway. I say the typical mom answer? You gave me my babies. Sure. If that makes you feel better. No, I was asking if it made you feel better. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. I love so, you. Love you too. We're going off the rails a little bit here now. So, so back anyway, to Alcatraz. So Al- Alcatraz. that's how you got to Alcatraz. So, yeah. So I, I went to visit my brother when he lived out there. And he took my father and I on one of those Alcatraz tours. You take the ferry out to the to the island. You go in. You get to walk the. You get to walk along the. Because uh, you know, it's you a just, state park now, right? It's yeah, it's this, it's the st- yeah the state runs it and does the tours and all that kind of stuff, and you get to put on. They have like little Walkmans with like a headset that you can put on, and it gives you kind of a. You're in a certain section. It gives you a little bit of a background on that particular section. Got to see the the cell where the Anglin brothers and Frank Morris, the, the people that were portrayed in the Escape from Alcatraz movie by Eastwood and, and the other two actors, and got to see all that. They had the actual dummy heads that were used in the prison escape. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. You And you got to see the hole in the, uh, uh, where where they climbed out and everything. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting. It was, it was cool to be there, but just like standing in the cell, it's like, Jesus, this is tiny. Like five feet by nine feet. That's just so small. Yeah. But um. But yeah, that's where these guys lived and going out and climbing up the, the what do you call them? They're kind of like bleachers, but they're it's concrete. You, you know, uh, out in the prison yard and just kind of sitting in the prison yard and looking out over the bay. It was just like wow. Imagine being here. I mean, it was a nice view, but just imagine that's all you ever get is that view. You're never able to leave and go see what's on the other side of the water you, you know? were there in september yes what was the weather like on the island and was it different compared to the mainland it was a little cooler not not a lot but it was a little bit cooler it was a lot breezier like i had to wear a, a look a hooded sweatshirt it wasn't like cold or anything like that but it's just windy especially How was outside the water on the ferry going in and out in what do you mean like, by did it seem really choppy at all did the water seem yeah, it rough? seemed pretty calm it did seemed, you think you could swim it i no <laughs> Not, <laughs> no i i don't i don't think i could have done it but i remember being on the ferry and just going going to and then coming back and just the whole time thinking how did these guys did these guys survive did they make it because that's that was the i think i went in 2010 i believe or 2011 I, I can't remember the exact yeah. year. It was around 2010 or 2011. And at the time, it was still a question. Did these guys make it? Didn't they make it? Because the bodies were never found. They were presumed dead They were presu- because no bodies ever turned up or anything. But there was no actual... It was never determined 100%. But they were just presumed Alcatraz, dead. It was always, they, they were dead. They Alcatraz, while the prison was operating and that happened, they of course. said that, they were pre- yeah, they, they yeah, yeah, they were presumed they dead. They didn't make it. There's no way they could have made it, that kind of thing. And, you know, looking at the prison standpoint, they needed to protect 
their image. Yeah, of course. And you want to tell the inmates that are in there, if they didn't make it, they died. Yeah. I mean, who knows what they told the inmates? I, I presume yeah, they must have told the inmates. They made yeah, it. <laughs> right. But yeah. please don't try. Yeah, don't don't you try. They made it, but don't you dare try. You know. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I, I don't know for sure, but I presume they must have said to the inmates, "Yeah, they're dead. We found them, or whatever." They probably lied to the inmates and told them whatever because. Yeah. What do you, you know, what are you going to say? Like you said, oh, yeah, yeah, they made it. They're fine. But officially, they were presumed dead and because, again, the bodies are never found. So they were just assumed to have washed out to sea. Now, several years after I was in Alcatraz, it came out. There was a letter that was obtained by the uh, CBS News affiliate in San Francisco. And it was... Given they, they got it, they didn't say where they got it from. They said they got it from a source. And they show this letter on the news, and it was from one of the Anglin brothers who was writing the letter, and at the time of writing the letter, said he was 85 years old, he was on Alcatraz, and himself, his brother, and Frank Morris escaped in, uh, when they escaped mm-hmm. and said that they, all three made it, but just barely. And then it that was kind of like, what the... But nobody could determine whether or not... It was accurate or whatever, but it was getting the people talking again. Like, oh, geez, they got this letter. Is it real? Is it not real? And then there was a, I want to say it was the History Channel, did a special on the escape and on Mm -hmm. Alcatraz and everything. And that was really good. It was very interesting. Yeah, it was. It was really good. We watched it when it aired uh, back in, I want to say it was 2014, 2015, around that time. Yeah. And... They had they had the family members, some descendants of the Anglin brothers, were on the show, and they had obtained a photograph of what was re, what they thought were their uncles, were and they, they were in photographed South in Brazil. Yeah. Yes, and they were told, "Yeah, these are our uncles. Here they are. They're in Brazil. This we got this photograph. This was taken in 1975. So obviously, a decade after the a decade plus after their escape, so they made it." But it was just the brothers. Frank Morris was not in the picture. Mm-hmm. And they had some uh, photographic forensics type of thing. They, they basically determined that, yeah, it was the brothers. They, through facial recognition and all that kind of stuff, they were able to determine, yep, th- that was the brothers 10 years after they escaped. So they made it. They definitely made it. But nobody knows about Frank Morris until that letter. So I, I, th- I think they must have made it. All three of them must have made it. And Frank Morris was reported to have like a genius level IQ. IQ of 133. Yeah, he was very intelligent. So yeah. he's probably the one that masterminded the whole breakout and everything. And I mean, it's not like he's going to hang out with those guys, you know, once they're free. He has. I'm sure he must have had some. Yeah, he must have had his own deal or whatever going on. But. Yeah, these guys went to Brazil. Looks like they were uh, at least at the time that picture was taken. They they made it to Brazil. Mm-hmm. So, and if the, if you believe the letter, at least one of them lived to be eighty five before he wrote this letter and said, "Yeah, we, we made it." Uh, I'm eighty five now. I think he said in the letter he was very ill with cancer mm-hmm. and was probably on his last days and that kind of thing. So it was probably like a confession kind of thing, almost like, "Hey, yeah, you guys have been looking for us. Well, we made it." You so know? I wonder, because this is where my mind goes. Sure. Let's say they made it. They're they're free men. Yeah. They're all considered dead. I wonder, did they stop their life of crime or did they just start under a new alias? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. They, no, I mean, nobody, nobody really knows. Nobody knows, but it's just the things I ponder. Because yeah, you think of it like you have yeah. a whole new, like, fresh start. Yeah, you got, like, are a you, second chance at life. Are you going to make it better and not do bad things or are you going to go back to what you know? 
that's maybe learned your yeah. lessons from before and do it better. Yeah. I mean, you figure they went to South America, so I don't know how, you know, what the culture was like down there at that time. Who knows? I mean, it's, it's anybody's guess, you know? And again, they probably got different identities. You know, they they're probably not calling themselves the Anglin brothers and Frank Morris. No, obviously. You know, so who knows? I, but that's I, what I'm saying. Like, if they committed crimes under new identities, we wouldn't know who they were. Right, yeah, exactly. Necessarily. Yeah, and I mean, they were photographed in Brazil free, so it's not like they, if they were still doing living a life of crime. They hadn't been caught. Well, and that's the other <laughs> thing. Did they do crime, but they just didn't get caught? Yeah. Who, so these are my questions. Yeah, who knows? I mean... That if, can't be answered, but... Yeah, it can't them. be answered. I mean, hypothetically speaking, if it was me, I would obviously not want to go back to prison. So I would take this as a, I made it. Nobody else has ever made it. I made it. And I'm going to start over and I'm going to start fresh. I'm in a new name, whatever. You know, whatever. That whole thing. And just try to do everything the right way this time. If it was me. Yeah. Again, I mean, this, these are all hypotheticals because I'm not in jail, I'm not in prison. I haven't done anything that would land me there. So, but yeah, so those guys made it. I, I think they, I, I've always said that I thought they made it even before this evidence came out. I just, it, it's, I've never been there. Yeah. But just from what I've seen on TV movies, the distance, I look at the distance and it's I think. a mile and a half. You could totally swim that. And I understand yes. the current is an issue. That and the temperature of the water, it's usually between 50 and 55 degrees, is as warm as it gets. But if your adrenaline's going... That's... See, that's I the thing. Yeah, you you can do it. And these guys, what they did was they made makeshift life jackets mm-hmm. and a raft out of like raincoats mm-hmm. and duct tape. So it's not like they had... They weren't they, necessarily like just in the water <laughs> swimming. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they were, but they weren't. And, and I guess... The story or the theory is that obviously nobody knows because nobody's gotten the story from them exactly. But the the theory is that they had somebody that knew they were going on a certain day and they had a boat waiting to get that. That was one of the theories. That was one of the theories, right. Yeah. So they didn't necessarily have to make it the mile and a half to shore. They just had they to get just to, had a to, get to a certain point where a boat would be waiting for them. Right. Now... I, that sounds like a pretty plausible theory to me. That's why I always said, yeah, of course they made it. And even like I said, when I was on the boat, the ferry going to and back, I was looking, I'm like, this doesn't seem that bad. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a distance. A mile and a half is no, nothing to sneeze mm-hmm. at. And especially th- this was one of the things where people that didn't think the guys made it would always say, well, they're prisoners. They, it's not like they could condition themselves to swim that that distance it's not like they which which, these are valid points it's not like they could condition themselves to get acclimated to the temperature of the water especially at night it's going to be even colder you could no no i i know exactly i know what you're saying though who swam it yeah there was like 10 year olds that that did it in like the 30s made it to and from like no problem but again the the story for the naysayers the people that didn't think they made it was that well they're prisoners they don't. They can't control their diet. They're fed what they're fed. They have to eat what they have to eat. So it's not like they had like the greatest nutrition to get their body ready for some kind of a strenuous activity like that. It's not like they could get their body ready for an act of endurance like that. But again, a mile and a half. Yeah, it's not a short distance, but it's also not. It's not like it's twenty miles of swimming. It's a mile and a half, and like you said, adrenaline. If the adrenaline's going. You bet, you bet your ass that's going to that's gonna take you quite a distance. That's going to carry you pretty far. 
and that'll last you for a bit. Mm-hmm. I would think I just gotta make this boat. I just gotta make this boat, and it's not just you, but you have two people that are helping you. I think you're gonna make it, and I think you'll be just fine. And and the other story was that there was man-eating sharks in the bay, and that's just that's just a that's a myth. There's no man-eating sharks in San Francisco Bay. There are sharks, but they're very small sharks, and they're not man-eating sharks. They swim at the bottom of the bay. They don't really come to the surface. But this is the kind of propaganda you have to get out there. Yeah, so well, of course. whether you're already there or you could be there, you don't want anyone even thinking about it. Of course. Even. So that's the thing is my view, especially now knowing what we know in 2019, my view is that a lot of this was propaganda put out probably by the warden, probably by the city and the state. The de- you know the Department of Corrections, whoever, all these people involved, they don't want to look bad. They already kind of look bad because these guys got out. But again, you want to say, "Oh, Alcatraz it doesn't matter if you get out. You're not getting, you're not getting very far because the mm-hmm. bay's going to get you." Yeah. Right. But that didn't happen. Not in this case, anyway. And allegedly. Alle- right, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> but there there were several escape attempts. Uh, aside from this one, there was 13 others. There was 14 in total. It's not surprising. No, I mean, geez, like I said, you're, 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 you have oh, freedom you have staring at you in the face the whole time. Like yeah. I said, you go to that prison yard and you're looking at what freedom is. And, and what do you have there? Time. Yeah, nothing but that time. all you yeah, have. Yeah, time to sit and scheme and plan. You remember, a lot of these guys were career criminals. You had some murderers. You had a lot of people that were there for armed robbery. Capone was there for tax evasion. Mm-hmm. He he initially was sent to I think it was in Georgia Atlanta. was the prison. Yes. And he basically he ran that place. That's why they sent him to Alcatraz cuz he was just running the place. He had guards working for him there. He had mm-hmm. a carpeted cell, he had a radio, all Visitors this other stuff. coming and going as he wanted. Yeah, he he moved his family into a hotel across the street from the prison, would have them come over and visit him all the time. He did all this kind of stuff that other prisoners that were in there for a lot less than he was in there for couldn't get these kind of privileges. So somebody finally had enough and sent him to Alcatraz where he was treated just like everybody else in Alcatraz. So, yeah, it's it's you, you've got intelligent people that are in there, obviously. Like I said, Morris was reported to have yeah. a genius IQ. So, yeah, you sit and I mean, if you see what they did to get out in the in the case of Morris and the Anglin brothers, they they made mannequin heads and they made they used their, their they used hair, hair their real from their hair haircuts, from their yeah. haircuts they would yep they would slowly collect their hair and they made these mannequin dummy heads pasted their hair on there so that when they would the guards would come by to do the nightly count they'd see them in there sleeping or what they thought was them sleeping yeah so they they were pretty they 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 were they <laughs> they pulled it off they took their they, time yeah they took their time they pulled it off so yeah. But yeah, I can see That's where why the patience is a virtue. Yes, especially in a setting like that. Yes. But yeah, so th- there definitely had to have been tons of propaganda put out to save the reputation of the prison. Now, again, we talked about that th- this particular escape attempt being glorified, captured, if you will, or, or dramatized in the movie Escape from Alcatraz, starring Clint Eastwood and Fred Ward, who who played one of the Anglin brothers. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. But there was also, we just... I just have to say, Fred Ward, all I think of is Tremors. <laughs> Tremors. I always think of the Naked Gun 33 and a oh, third. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love the movie. I love all the Tremors movies. All of them. Yeah, you do. I do. Yeah. Anyway, continue. So, <laughs> uh, what I was going to say, too, was the they made a, a movie also about another one of the, uh, who we spoke about briefly, uh, Robert Stroud. They made the movie The Birdman from Alcatraz. So, it was another movie that was made that... 
A- another movie about Alcatraz, but not about the prisoners on it. The Rock. The Rock with, with Nicolas Cage. Sean Connery. Yes, yeah. I love that movie. And yeah. I know Nick Cage gets a lot of slack for a lot of his uh, movies d- and his d- acting. Like, Nick I don't Cage. care. I love Con Air. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm just getting like the hummingbird. How he says it uh, in my head. It's so bad. And when he gets off the bus and the, his ex- hair extensions are his, flowing in the his, wind. His sweet mullet. Yeah. He, he's like the absolute worst Southern accent oh, ever. Oh, it's so good. But back to the rock. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I, I don't care. I love that movie. It's so no, good. It was, it was, it was, it's a Michael Bay joint. You know, it's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's good. So it was good. good. Yeah. It was good. And it's funny because one of the <laughs> actors in it. I know him from, and now I'm going to forget it, with Danny DeVito, where he's he gets a job and he like teaches dumb people in the army. Renaissance man, that's it. All right. And so one of the characters, because I saw that movie, I'm like, yeah. that's a dude from Renaissance man. And anytime I've seen him in any other movie or show, that's where my mind goes to. Is he was in Renaissance man. All right. Yeah. I don't know his name. It's awesome. But he was in The Rock. <laughs> Tremendous! Oh yeah, that movie's so good. <laughs> uh, good stuff, good stuff. But not only were there movies, but there was a tremendous television show that we just rewatched. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Called Alcatraz. I loved it the first time around. Yes. Second time around. We just finished watching it for the second time around. This past week. So we've been watching the past two weeks. I like the story, but I guess some of the stuff, I'm just like, that's so ridiculous and such overacting and that wouldn't happen. Like it's, and yes, it's supposed to be kind of, there are things that wouldn't happen, but in terms of like legally. It's a TV show. I know. For crying out loud. Come on. It's a TV show. But you have to like be able to let that go to enjoy it. And then it's like. Okay. Look, turn your brain off. It's a TV show. Well, Sam Neill, Jurassic yeah. Park. Yeah. He's in it. So right there, it's awesome. Uh, okay. <laughs> At least in my mind. <laughs> I guess if you're like a huge Sam Neill fan. <laughs> All right. He's just, he's cool. <laughs> no, yeah. he's. Fi- I, I thought I thought everybody did a really good job on the show. The dude from Lost. Jorge Garcia. Yes. Yeah, Hurley from Lost. And then a blonde chick. Yeah, I forget her name now. I I don't know her name. Her character name was Rebecca Madsen. Yeah, right. Madsen. Madsen. Yes, Rebecca Mad Madsen. Yeah. And basically, it's oh, and the chick from Psych, because his Indian girlfriend. I can't pronounce her name. I'm not going to try. Paraminder. Paraminder Negra. She has an English accent. Yeah. I like her too. Yeah. She, everybody, look, everybody in the show I thought did a great job. The guy that played the warden was awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he and was he's awesome. English. Yeah, which yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize till the, after the There's fact. a really good group of characters. And then, so what it's about is Alcatraz. Well, all right. We're going we're gonna to step out of that for a second. Alcatraz officially closed down in 1963. Yes. It was it was determined it would be too costly to keep the prison open. It needed renovations done. It would cost millions of dollars to do, and they could not get the funding for it, so they decided to close the prison down. That's officially what happened. So the television show Alcatraz decided to put their own twist on what a really science fictiony. a science fictiony right. twist on what really quote unquote happened that caused the closure of Alcatraz. So in the show, the premise is that in 1963, 
the official closure date of Alcatraz, what happened was everybody just disappeared one day. Guards, yeah, guards prisoners, showed up everything. On the ferry gone. and everyone was gone. Right. Two guards showed up for their shift. Everybody's gone. So what happened? And so the, the, the show basically it flashes between... 1960 is most of the the ones that we saw because yes. it only ran that's the thing that snakes it only ran for one season and 13 episodes mm-hmm. and then fox canceled it because fox is As awesome they do. yeah sarcasm there <sighs> and so you only got the first season and what would happen was the formula for the show was these inmates one by one each episode would focus on one particular inmate and they showed up in 2012. They'd show up in 2012 when the show took place. So basically, somehow everyone on the island time jumped from right. 1963 to 2012. Nin- yes, correct. And it was a matter of trying to find these bad guys. Right. And yeah, so each episode, there's a, usually a prisoner. One time they had a guard. Yeah. But there's somebody that they would focus on. And those characters... I'm trying to remember the guy's name. I know him from Night at the Museum. Are you talking about Rami Malek? Yes. Yes. That guy. He was in it. <laughs> I know we people not for what they're famous for, but gosh. like the random obscure movies that yeah. they're in. He was in it. There's a bunch of yeah. bunch of actors in it. Yeah. But anyway, that 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 was the formula of the show. They the main character was the Rebecca Madsen is the main mm-hmm. character's name. I I. I I, I can't remember the actress's name, but anyhow, Sarah, Sarah Jackson, maybe or Johnson, something. Anyway, she's the main character. Sarah she's Jones. Sarah Jones. There you go. Okay, that's the actress's name. Sorry, Sarah Jones, if you're listening. So she's the main character. Her partner gets killed be, while they're chasing somebody, and you come to find out later the person they were chasing is her uncle, who was. On Alcatraz. Gr- oh, grandfather, grandfather, excuse me. Her grandfather, who was on Alcatraz as what she thought at the time, she was told growing up that her, her grandfather was a prison guard, but it turns out he actually was an inmate. Mm-hmm. So she gets recruited to join this special unit that basically was organized by Sam Neill, who com- you come to find out well, was one of the- Well, do we want to give anything away? Or not in giving anything really away. I'm not really giving anything away. I'm just okay. giving the premise of the show. Okay. She gets recruited to the special unit that's well, run by Sam Neill. I'm not giving anything okay. away. For crying out loud, okay. woman, let me talk. Pipe down over there. Sorry. Jeez. I'll, I'll go in the other room now. I'm sorry. Oh, I'll lock you in the closet. The macho man style. <laughs> Anyhow, back on track. They recruit her to, to the special unit, and Jorge Garcia's character is like a Alcatraz expert. He's got like three PhDs or something like that, and he runs a comic book store. <laughs> it's like, okay. And they recruit him to help out in locating the prisoners and figuring out how they their minds because work. Because of his vast knowledge of all things Alcatraz exa- and all the prisoners. Right. So they, they, they team up, and they basically they go out and they find these prisoners that time jump one by one from 1963 to the present day Well, I don't know if it was one by one. It's just they show up at different places at different times. And so yeah, some well, have mean, been kind of hanging out for a while. Well, again, I'm not trying to spoil anything. See, now you're giving away key plots that I have to expand on by by speaking. Fine, blame me. Well, you said there, you're, you're telling me not to spoil anything. And you just gave away a plot point that I was not giving away. You just gave well, it away. Well, it's the way that you explained it. Oh, my God. 
the way that I explained yeah. it. How did I explain it? Because you were saying they show up I'm one being, by one. I'm being vague. Yeah. Okay. Do well, they show? It was inaccurate. Okay. Does every? I'm not being inaccurate. Does every episode happen at the same time? No. How many? How many inmates in, in each episode? So each episode. How many inmates they in each episode? On somebody. How new. many inmates in each episode? One. So one Actually, by one. Multiple. One by one. They're going after these inmates one by one. Okay, there's that, one in each episode. So I'm not sense. inaccurately portraying one anything. One by one, they're going after the inmates. One by one, yeah. There's yeah, you didn't say it like oh, that. For, you know what? Just I'm, I'm turning this off. We're going to come back after this. Hello, I'm Julian Starr. And I'm Matt Spectro, otherwise known as Tarzan Taylor. Are you a fan of New England? Are you a fan of professional wrestling? Then Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way is the podcast for you. Where we get in-depth and not only discuss what happens in the ring, but out of the ring as well. Every episode is going to feature a brand new guest strictly from the New England Pro Wrestling scene. Not just wrestlers, managers, referees, ring announcers. You never know what's going to happen. Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way is the only podcast that will guarantee 100% the truth. And there's a 50% chance of that. New episode every other Wednesday, available on all major podcasting apps. Do you feel better now that you've had a moment? I guess so. You're you're winding me all up. That's, really? Yeah, you, you're getting me all wound up. It's my fault. It's all your fault. Wow. It's you hear that, fault. everyone? It's all your fault. I'm anyway. sure like half the listeners are like, I would wring your neck if I had to live with you. <laughs> he just put his head down, shaking it. Yeah. I don't know what to, to say anymore. Uh, anyway. So that's the show Alcatraz. Unfortunately, as it was starting to get really good, they canceled it. It's not like some shows where they rush the last episode and they just close it up and try to end the show. I don't think these folks knew they were getting canceled. It so was they a wrote total, like cliffhanger. They wrote a yeah. cliffhanger and revealed a bunch of stuff that they were gonna expand on in the next season and then it was canceled. So you're like, Oh, come on. <laughs> just as it was getting good. Yeah. Come on. I highly recommend the show. Mm-hmm. Just know going into it that it ends very abruptly and you are you never gonna know what happens. What happens. I looked online. I wanted to tweet the writers just to be like, so tell us what what's going on. But yeah, since there's multiple writers, I don't know who knew what. Yeah. So unfortunately, I don't think we're ever going to know unless they decide to bring it back, bring it back somehow. They could do like webisodes or something. Who knows? Nowadays, I mean, yeah. who knows? Anything can happen. Never say never, right? But yes, definitely recommend that show. Did you have any other thoughts about... Alcatraz, the TV show, that are not spoilerific in case somebody does want to take the time to watch it. I like that. Spoilerific. I like that. Um, I mean, I have stuff, but I. You pick apart the acting and you sit. I do. But the first time around. The mannerisms of the character. Yeah, but the first time around, that didn't bother you. So now. I think now watching it. so wrapped up in it. Now watching it six years later, you're picking it apart like crazy. I think. You have to go in and just know that there's going to be a lot of unrealistic stuff, not only like in terms of science fiction, <sighs> but in terms of just how things are. I guess. But a lot of the things you were picking apart without giving away any spoilers, a lot of police procedural stuff, which 
your family has you know about law enforcement you grew up in, around yeah. that environment so you know so things. Like, that would never happen right yeah so you're picking apart That's things not how that, it's done yeah you're picking apart things that okay the lay person that doesn't know how police procedure works and what standard operating procedures are they're not gonna know it's again it's a tv show if you go into this watching it as an entertaining yes. tv show i think you will be the overall story pleased. is really entertaining yeah i thought it was very creative yeah. i thought did you have any other thoughts about Alcatraz? I know I would like to go one day. Yeah, I think we should definitely go check it out yeah. together this time. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to bring the kids there. And this is kind of a thing we were talking about earlier too. How we were we were saying how the guards live there with their mm-hmm. with their kids. I don't know. It's kind of would you want to bring I, kids to I mean, I guess a it's a piece like of that? history, so you take them yeah. to learn history. It's not like there's prisoners there now. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, true. And I mean, there were there were a couple of kids that were there when yeah. I went, I remember. But I just, I was fascinated by it and I was really excited to be there. But I remember, like my dad and my brother were like, all right, let's go. And my brother had been there previously. So they were just like, all right, let's go, let's go. And I, I wanted to stick around and just, there was they were giving presentations and they were so doing yeah, all this kind of stuff. So yeah, we need to go stuff, without so. the kids just so we can take our time. That's what I mean. Check everything out, enjoy. Now, there's deals. things about Alcatraz being haunted. I wouldn't shock me. I mean, it's 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 got all the makings of a place that would you would think would be the stereotypical place would be haunted. It's old. It's but weren't there just only people a died there? People? I'm sure. Yeah. I think not a, not as many though. If you believe that hauntings are negative energy, I oh, mean, you got tons of that. <laughs> you going got around. plenty of that yeah. there. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. I, I don't know if they've ever done any of those like famous well, or any ghost hunting shows or anything like that there. Would because of it's a state park it makes it kind of difficult but we'll, yeah, we'll have to look into, into that for next time yeah i mean we will definitely we can yeah. definitely follow up on yeah. on this and everything but we'll, we'll have to look into that but yeah. that's another aspect of it is just you hear about how it's haunting and you wonder is it because there's really something going on there or is it just because of the history of it people just say those things could very well be part of the mystique of it yeah because, it, I mean, it's a tourist attraction nonetheless, but if you want to add, just from a pure marketing standpoint, a curiosity standpoint, just to get, to build the reputation, again, more propaganda. Well, we'll go to get our tickets. We'll be like, how much to stay overnight? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. That'd be something. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'd want to stay overnight in a place like that. <laughs> I would. I wouldn't mind. Uh, no, I just, I, I'm telling you, it was just standing in the cell was very like, it was creepy. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm not. A, I don't consider myself a claustrophobic person, but I, I couldn't imagine being stuck there and not being able to leave. You know what I mean? So I don't know. One could look at it as cozy. Yeah, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, always there, fun in the bright uh, side. A five baby. by nine cell with a toilet and a bed. That's cozy. A simplistic cozy room the bare necessities but one of the things that the inmates did like about the prison is the fact that they got their own cells they didn't have to share cells well that's true that was one thing that inmates did say they liked about it yeah yeah see there are always a bright side side. yeah (laughs) it's always a bright always find the bright side i'm stuck on alcatraz but i got my own cell it's cozy five by nine cell I get I get to eat. I got clothes. I get medical attention if I need it. Uh, Why would I want to go anywhere else? Yeah. 
I don't know if they still do it now, but they let you go into the, what they call the hole. Uh, what's it called? Isolate, isolation. Solitary. Uh, solitary. Thank you. Solitary confinement. You go to, if you misbehave, that's where you would go. And they stick in there for like weeks, months at a time, depending on the offense. And you had to go in there. And that was, oh, yeah, I that was, that. yeah, no, I'm telling you, it wasn't, I, if, if we go back, I don't want to do it again. Cause it's just, I do. They don't lock you in or anything, but they allow you to go in, close the door, and come right out. But it's just like, uh, even being in there for 10 seconds in complete pitch black, because it is, it's pitch black. I That's got to mess with your head for being in there for weeks, months at a time. Forget it. I, I no. Uh-uh. And they, they would open the door once a day to give you a meal. Not even the door. They'd open like the little sliding deal, you know, a little gimmick there, a little trap door thing and slide you your tray. It, right in there I, th- I think I remember like was there, there like a toilet I think there was a toilet I think I mean there had to be I I can't I honestly can't remember if the toilet was there had to like be a toilet when you see movies and stuff and shows there's nothing in like there like it's all just dark and it's like yeah, is it because yeah. you can't see it or because no there had to be a toilet in is there, there just think. like a drainage Cause, hole or something because who the hell is going to clean it up mm. you know there had to be a toilet in there I would think I, I honestly can't remember off the top of my head though I just remember being in there, closing the door, and just being like, okay, I got to get out of here right now. Because it was just, it's pitch black. And I can't imagine, there's no there's no source of light. You were completely enclosed in darkness. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Yeah, <laughs> that definitely, that song comes to mind for yeah. sure. Any other thoughts about uh, Alcatraz? Do Do you think the Anglin brothers and Frank Morris, all three of them, made it? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, now it's kind of hard to say they did. But even before, it, I mean, but even before you've you felt back because right? I mean, I saw the movie before we were together, Escape, Escape from Alcatraz, yeah. and I watched it. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sure they got away. <laughs> and, the, and that's the messed up part is like it's like you root for these guys. You're, You're like, for them yeah, to get out of there. yeah, you really shouldn't be rooting for them right because they're again it, it just shows you i guess how dumb people are <laughs> I, I, I mean maybe but i know like the warden everything was so strict there so the way it's portrayed in the movie it's you make the warden out to be the heel the, the main bad guy and Whereas, these guys are the protagonists yeah. so you're, you're rooting for them because that's just kind of how it's set up mm-hmm. but if you look at it realistically it's like these guys were violent criminals you know yeah. they were there all there Should at least really for armed robbery for them yeah not really the kind of people that you want to be cheering for it's but. a classic underdog story that's yeah, all right <laughs> if you've got any thoughts or if you've ever actually visited alcatraz or if you tourist, were a previous inmate and you're still alive <laughs> yes or that let us know about it yeah definitely reach out to us you can find us on twitter at homewrecker pod See us on Instagram, Homewrecker Podcast, or visit us on our website, www.homewreckerpodcast.com. And as always, we ask that if you like what you hear, help us grow the show. Please tell a friend so that they can also enjoy my beautiful, lovely wife's voice every single week. Thank you. Absolutely. And of course... And my husband getting frustrated at me for talking. <laughs> listen, we're we going to get into this again? No. No, Come sir. on. Jeez. I'll, I'll stop. I'm trying to wrap up the show here. I'm sorry. You want to keep it going? I'm, no, I'm sorry. I'll stop. Gosh. Anyhow, uh, and always uh, we ask that you subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes too. It helps people to find the show. It helps Please us to grow the show. You. Thank you very much. And uh, do you have anything else you'd like to 
add in closing this week? All I have is you've been listening to the Homewrecker podcast on the Wiretap Radio Network. And I'm the Golden Geek <laughs> Alex Arion. That's what you get for for talking to me the way you did. You just totally stepped over the closing. I like, did. Wow. <laughs> so this is what we're going to call You get nothing. We're, we're going to... See how he turned the tables? This is a... Uh, took a show that I was really excited about. And this is what happens. I'm sorry. Now you make me feel bad. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> All by design, baby. All by design. And the tables have turned the again. The tables once again have turned. Anyhow... <laughs> I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion, and as always, I've been joined by my beautiful, lovely, amazing, even when she gets on my nerves, I love her very much, my trophy wife, Monique. And you've been listening to the Home Record Podcast on the Wiretap Radio Network. Busting out dead or alive I can hear the hound